Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. In this Ask Shauna, I'm sharing my tips for how you plan financially when there is a large age gap between you and your partner. Hey, welcome back to Everyone's Talking Money. I'm your host, Shauna Game. It is so good to have you with us. You know the drill. This is the podcast. This is the place where you opt out of all of that negative self-talk and thinking around money so you can step into the life that you want to live. And I don't know about you. I don't know where you live. I live in North Carolina and it is freezing. (laughs) It has been absolutely freezing cold this week and I have an almost two-year-old puppy, Winnie, and 
this girl just loves being outside. She loves to play. She loves to play ball. She loves to go for walks. Like, you name it. This girl loves her outdoors. So, of course, that means us as pet parents, we have to be outdoors very, very frequently. So, <laughs> lots of layers. We've got all of the hats, gloves, uh, jackets out. It is normally chilly here in North Carolina in winter, but not this chilly. So, I don't know. I'm hoping that you're listening to this episode from somewhere warm and maybe you're on a vacation, maybe you're sitting on a beach sipping a margarita. I don't know. I hope it's something really, really enjoyable. So this is another one of our Ask Shauna episodes. You know I love these Friday loose episodes where I've limited editing and I just kind of talk off the cuff. So yes, I will talk over myself. Yes, I will mispronounce words. Yes, I will have gaps and all sorts of things in my in my talking. So I want these episodes to feel like you and I, we are just sitting at, I don't know, your favorite coffee shop or a restaurant, and we're just having a conversation about money. So a little bit a little bit different than most of our episodes. Before we get into this one, I just want to give you a couple of updates on my end. I am actually going to be opening up my one-on-one feelings-focused money coaching in February. There has been a big, long wait list, and I am actually going to be opening up four spots each month for individuals and couples who are looking for money coaching personally from me. So if you'd like to get on the wait list, there's actually a link in the show notes. This will be a first come, first serve type deal, and I will be sending out an email to you with all of the details, but think of this as what this podcast is. It's it's personal finance help, advice, tips, ideas, suggestions with a bit of a money therapy approach, right? So I focus everything around your feelings and really trying to understand your relationship with money, your habits, your patterns, your behaviors, and how can we really cultivate change so that you can move closer to the goals that you have and the things that you want to do in life. So this is a completely different approach than financial planning, which you know I did for many, many years, 15 plus years. And then then I went, this doesn't work. (laughs) This model is absolutely broken. And so money coaching is my way of, I think, infusing all of the bits that I really think you need to have some coaching on when when it comes around money. And another thing is that I've had an issue with the timing for the Spend With Intention workshop. So instead of live, I'm actually going to offer it as a mini course. So I'll have some info for you next week. If you signed up for the live event, I will be just transferring your money over to the mini course as well. But this is my best, best workshop to teach you how to budget with ease and purpose. So if those things are goals for you, you definitely want to stay tuned. And lastly, before we get into the episode, I was featured on two podcasts over the last few weeks, Wild Business, where I talked about my journey into podcasting, entrepreneurship, relationship with money, all of this good stuff. I think it was one of my very favorite interviews ever. And I was also on the Money Nerds podcast, where I talked about money trauma and the steps to start healing. So I will link those in the show notes if you want to check those out. In the Sashana, I am actually answering a question from Kelsey, who is a journalist who wrote an article featuring me for the Business Insider. 
So uh, this article hasn't quite come out yet, but I thought this was such a great topic that it needed to be an Ask Shauna episode. So let me give you a little bit of background. Kelsey is engaged, and her fiancé is about 17 years older than she is. So, of course, the topic of money, like with most couples, was really front and center, especially now that they're thinking about getting married. So she was trying to figure out, how do you plan financially when there is this really big age gap between the two partners? What's the same? What's different? How to avoid any potential money blowouts? So, you know, she wants to avoid becoming a statistic, you know, that most couples break up or get divorced because of sex or money. And I usually find that these two are quite intertwined, actually. If you're having problems financially with your partner and there's a lot of stress and aggravation, it usually bleeds over into your sex life, into the bedroom, and kind of the opposite as well. So if you're one of these couples, it doesn't mean that you are doomed for relationship disaster. It just means that maybe you need to explore these different areas, right? So I thought this was such an interesting question slash article that she was writing. And I hadn't really thought about money like this in quite some time. I I spent years working with couples. Couples is actually, I, I think, the thing that gets me really excited because of the dynamics between two people coming together, trying to figure out money when each person usually has their own trauma, their own stress, their own kind of messed up beliefs and thoughts around money, their own money story, like all of these complexities that you just face as an individual every day. But then when you come together as a couple, it gets like, you know, a a thousand times. (laughs) And you wonder, like, why are we arguing about these things? Why do we not talk about these things? Well, it's just because it's, 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 um, it's hard. It's stressful. It's complex. And we don't want to focus on those things. We'd rather just like hang out and watch a movie, (laughs) talk about, you know, nonsense, or talk about what went on in our day and leave out the bits that we really don't want to talk about. That's just how we prefer doing a relationship. So I thought, you know, I thought back to all the couples that I had worked with, and there were quite a lot of couples where there actually was a fairly large age gap. And I think the older you get, so the couples where maybe somebody was in there, I don't know, late 30s or early 40s, and maybe the other person was in their 50s or 60s. Some of the differences when both people were in their like active working years wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. But Kelsey was actually in her late 20s, and her fiance is in his mid 40s. So there is a little bit of a, you know, a dynamic that is that is going on there that is really interesting to explore. And then personally, my husband and I, we are about nine and a half years age gap between both of us. And so a lot of what I'm going to share are things that we've thought about or things that have come up with us. And so I'm going to speak here from my own uh, personal relationship with money as well. So let's talk about some of the practical money issues or things that I need you to maybe think about if you have this big of an age gap. It's obvious that the older you get, usually the more assets you have, right? And the more assets you have, 
the more important financial planning or having some sort of roadmap of what's going on with your money becomes important. You're trying to plan for retirement. You're trying to plan usually for some big goals. Maybe there are children. You're trying to think about funding college and just some of these really large expenses that come up. And maybe there is complexities, like maybe you've inherited money or maybe you're going to inherit money. Maybe one of you are starting a business when the other one is is thinking about retirement. Like there's all sorts of just dynamics that go on, just normally speaking with couples, but then let alone if there is a, you know, kind of a large age difference here, right? So I, I think thinking about a working plan is really important. Like how long is each spouse planning on working? And really having a conversation. Everything that I'm going to talk about in this episode is <laughs> with the the guidance, the you know, suggestive uh, let me be your your money BFF here with the suggestion of start having these conversations with your partner and have them from a place of of non-judgment, just of curiosity, right? So thinking about what is the ideal retirement age that you both have in mind. So in my scenario, I actually, the thought of retiring for me, it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Like I love working. I love doing what I do. And if there's a way I can continue doing it, I think, you know, I mean, well into my 70s, if not my 80s, if I live into my hundreds, uh, I, I love the idea of continuing to earn income as long as humanly possible, but I know for everybody that that's different. You might love the idea of just stopping working. And then also thinking about, you know, what is the plan for the older spouse once they stop working? So what what does the scenario look like when the older spouse starts stops working and the younger spouse is still working? Like, how do you navigate your day? How do you navigate responsibilities? Does the older spouse take on more of the household duties? And maybe the younger spouse doesn't. How does travel look like for you? You know, what is the the day-to-day, you know, routine, replan? What does that look like? And then another thing is healthcare, it's no joke, right? It is really expensive. And it only gets more and more expensive the older you get. So would it make sense for the younger spouse to actually keep working to still get healthcare and healthcare benefits and maybe other benefits like a 401k match and whatever else your company might still be offering? Does it make sense for the younger spouse just to keep working in order to have those types of benefits? In a lot of cases, the answer is Yes, because healthcare is so expensive, particularly if the older spouse maybe is retired before they go on Medicare or, you know, before they have some of those benefits, Social Security, before they have some of those benefits available to them. Hence, coming back to the conversation about what is the ideal age? What is the age that you think you really want to stop working? And, you know, does that make sense? Does that make sense for you as a couple? Does that make sense? And just looking at your longevity, and I know none none of us know really know how long we're going to live. I wish we really did, (laughs) but thinking maybe in the context of that. And then the other thing is the older spouse, you know, they might 
want to move their investments, their portfolio to something that is more conservative, maybe more growth focused. But the younger spouse maybe might still want to take on more risk in their retirement portfolio, right? So trying to balance each other out. This, of course, makes sense only if that feels comfortable for you and your risk tolerance, right? How risky do you want to be with your investments? And really, does it just pass the feel-good factor test that I think everything, every decision you make around money really has to go through that lens of, okay, this is maybe what we should like, quote unquote, really do, but does that feel good for us as a couple? When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to Notion.com slash ETM. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash ETM, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, Notion.com slash ETM. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. 
You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. So we're back talking about how do you plan financially when there is a large age gap between spouses. We all know that having expensive debt like credit card debt is a big drag. It's a drag emotionally. It's a drag on your finances. But I think particularly when you're thinking about retirement, you really want to look at being able to pay off that expensive debt before the older spouse gets into retirement just to lower your expenses and also get you into a place of healthy spending. This is really where I come back to everything I'm going to teach in my workshop, Spend with Intention. It's it's beyond making a budget, right? It's thinking about money from a different place of how do we create a spending plan that feels good for us, but also how do we create healthy habits, behaviors, thoughts, feelings around money so that we are motivated to execute this. Versus looking at something like budgeting where it feels constricting, it feels limiting, it feels like it's telling you what you can't do. Spending plan takes the opposite approach. It is like walking on a cloud, right? <laughs> like thinking of your money from a different perspective. Let's create the roadmap for where your money is going to go so you can do all these cool things and all the you know amazing goals that you have like let's create a plan for that rather than feeling limited by a budget another thing to think about is you know paying off your mortgage by the time the second spouse retires so if the first spouse retires yeah you have a mortgage you still have income coming in from the first spouse from the second spouse i'm getting mixed up on my spouse's ear <laughs> or partners right we can separate partners in here too as well so paying off your mortgage, because the the biggest thing you want to avoid is going into retirement and having a mortgage. It's just like one more thing off your plate. So a couple of things to think about. I really like this tip, the idea of rounding up your mortgage payments. So let's say you are, I mean, I don't know where this exists, but let's pretend your mortgage payment is $760. So instead of paying $760 every month, you could round that up to like, let's say you pay $800 every month, right? So an extra $140 a month during your working years. Well, this is going to fast track your mortgage. This is going to help you go from a 30-year mortgage payment down to something that is, I don't know, maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 years. Just depends on a lot of different factors going on here. But you can really start to cut into your overall mortgage payments, the interest you're going to pay, like all of that good stuff. 
You can also pay your mortgage payment biweekly. So you can take your payment and split it up and pay half at one point and pay half like two weeks later, right? So it's all coming in by the time your mortgage payment is due. But if you do this system, you're going to end up paying an extra payment each year. And that is going to radically speed up the time it takes you to actually pay off your mortgage. So those are some of my favorite tips if you're looking to, I mean, at any age, if you're looking to pay off your mortgage. You know, we don't talk about Social Security a lot on the show, but the older spouse could certainly delay Social Security, start taking it maybe age 70. And, uh, you know, the younger spouse then could do the opposite. The younger spouse could actually start taking Social Security at age 62. So you do get a little bit of uh, a benefit if you take Social Security late up to age 70. It's about an 8% delayed retirement credit. So it's kind of a nice strategy if you've got an older spouse and a younger spouse. And then, you know, something else, uh, we recently talked about life insurance on I think it was the last Ash Shauna episode, we talked about life insurance. And I think this is really important, especially if you have this dynamic where you have an older spouse and a younger spouse. And I would say almost it it doesn't matter who makes more money, right? But I think it's really important to have a life insurance policy, maybe on both of you, I can I can argue it in both cases, certainly on the older spouse if they pass away, right? The younger spouse would receive the monies, the beneficiary, and they would be able to continue, you know, living for the most part the same quality of life that they were living before. If we get life insurance on the younger spouse and the younger spouse passes away and leaves the monies, the beneficiary to the older spouse, the same thing applies, right? The older spouse doesn't have to maybe sell the house or sell some other assets to keep up a quality of life or just to be able to fill in the gaps between that income that the younger spouse was receiving. So again, I keep coming back to this idea of creating a spending plan with goals and yearly expenses so you really know how expensive your life is. And I'm talking about everything on this spending plan with you know, all the things that you have to pay every single month, but then all of those expenses that could come out of the blue, all of those expenses, maybe you pay once a year, like maybe you pay your your taxes, your homeowner taxes, maybe you pay your car insurance once a year or twice a year. Um, maybe you live somewhere where there's a cold climate and, you know, you have to have somebody come over and like shovel your snow, like different expenses like that that aren't every single month. You want to make sure these are on your spending plan as well so that you have a real accurate understanding of how much money your household needs every month to just keep operating. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, EarnIt provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. EarnIt is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use EarnIn in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas 
and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. 
Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. So now that we've talked about some of the practical financial things to think about, let's talk a little bit about some of the feelings that come up with this sort of age gap and planning for your financial future. You're at different stages of life. Maybe one wants to travel and the other is hyper-focused on saving for retirement or cutting expenses. And because we know money is a sore subject, often these feelings stay inside until one of the partners feels like they're being taken advantage of or they're not being heard, etc. And then an argument usually arises and it's like, wait, why did this happen? Why are we suddenly fighting about money? And it's it's really, gosh, it's such uh, like a deep question, right? There are a lot of onion layers that we have to peel back to understand this. You know, each person wants to still be an individual and certainly has their own dreams and goals and vision. And a lot of times these are things that we don't share with the other partner. They're things that just kind of go on in our conscious and even our unconscious mind and are playing in the background, sometimes on a loop as we're just moving through our day. And and it's like, well, of course I want to travel. How could you not know that was not important to me. And the other spouse is like, well, you never talked about that, or I didn't know that was that important. You know, we're saving for retirement. And the other spouse is like, yes, but I'm younger and I want to travel. So why are you telling me I can't travel? That feels like you're stifling me. And then the other spouse is like, yeah, but we also have this financial reality. And are you not taking that seriously? Right? You see where this goes. (laughs) Hopefully you're laughing because this is how a lot of the arguments with couples happen. And when couples also spend on their priorities without vocalizing, this is when the tension really enters the conversation here. And I think the worst thing that you can do in any relationship is to just make assumptions. That is (laughs) always the space where these arguments happen. So I really love the advice of focusing on non-judgmental conversations, approaching the subject of spending money from a place of curiosity by asking questions of your partner, and then keeping this open and safe space where the other partner knows they're going to be heard and acknowledged and where their anxieties or their fears about money are not going to be diminished or downplayed or laughed at, or pushed aside. It's really important to foster this environment, even if the tensions get really high. Try to avoid blaming your partner or your spouse. Try to avoid saying things like, well, you just don't care that I want to travel, and that I'm younger, and that I haven't gotten to live my life. Things like that, they're just not helpful for the relationship. They're not helpful for the conversation around money. And I I know I say this on a lot of episodes, but 
It's so true. Most of us are not trained to know how to dissect our thoughts and feelings around money because that's not what we're focused on. We're usually focused on making money and worrying that we don't have enough money. We're in this this constant struggle with money. But there are these deep feelings that live below the surface that are impacting your habits and your behaviors around money, and they can become front and center in relationships. You also weren't taught, I can almost guarantee this as a child, in those really important ages, you weren't taught healthy habits and healthy beliefs around money. So the science says that between age two and about five or six, this is where we pick up a lot of those beliefs, things like Santa Claus exists, right? And also beliefs about money. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is the root of all evil. Um, You know, I've got to earn the bacon. Like all of these beliefs around money we hear and they are being imprinted into our unconscious mind. (laughs) And so we go through life thinking these things are real. These things are factual because we didn't know any different as a young kid And our parents didn't know this. They didn't know not to say these things around us. But what happens is they just go largely unchecked in in our bodies, in our brains. And then they come out in all these weird and funky ways when we're older, particularly in relationships. I don't know. I find it really fascinating. I don't know if you find this stuff really interesting, but to me it is because it's really the genesis for why it's so hard to make changes with your finances, why you really want to save for something or pay off debt, or you really want to make a different choice with your money. And then you just go out because you had a bad day or you had a good day or something reminded you of something and you spent money and then you felt really bad about yourself afterwards. And then you said, doesn't matter. I'm not good with my money. And so then you're not going to create a spending plan and why follow it because it never works anyway, right? It just creates this really unhealthy atmosphere around money. And that's really what I'm trying to help you with on this podcast. Not only really understanding that, but then also understanding, okay, now that I have the awareness and like the acceptance around these things, how do I start creating healthy actions that are going to create change because I don't want to stay where I'm at. So let's talk about arguments for a moment. I think most arguments are tied up in this being misunderstood and a fear and a shame of judgment. But I want you to remember your partner also hasn't worked on their own relationship with money. So expecting them to react from a calm and centered place is a really unfair expectation. Before I started to do a lot of this work and really get trained as a trauma of money expert, I didn't quite understand how this all worked. So I would find myself, me personally, in the middle of an argument about money or closing off and not wanting to talk about money. And I didn't have the awareness to think, well, why is this happening? (laughs) What is actually going on here? Now that I understand a lot more of the dynamics and what happens in our bodies and our brains and how we were raised and all of this gunk, I understand what's what's coming out. And I also understand how, how hard it is sometimes to be calm 
especially when a topic around money is so just utterly fear inducing. So that's why I encourage money dates, right? A time when you can have open conversations about money that aren't stress driven, but they're forward focused. So you're thinking about what are the things we want to do? How do we want to spend our money? What do we want our life to look like? What's going well? What's maybe not going well? What are some things that we haven't talked about that maybe we need to talk about, right? Make these fun. Go some more fun, I beg of you. If, if you don't want to spend money, great, like make a picnic, go to a park, go sit by a river or or the beach if you're lucky enough to live near an ocean or I don't know, hug a tree, like do something that feels fun. Listen to music, blast your favorite song while you're talking about money, but teach your brain and your body that you can have these conversations around money that are not going to elicit like a panic response, like a fight or flight or a freeze, right? Have you have you ever had one of those conversations with your partner about money and you immediately just want to run out the door? <laughs> like you just want to leave the premises? I've had a lot of those types of conversations and my gut instinct is just to get up and walk out. I don't know how that makes me feel more it, I'm, I'm not in an unsafe environment, but my body feels like I am in an unsafe place. I don't want to talk about these things. So we do weird things because of our relationship with money and what we learned as a kid. I, I, I still have this need to sneak things in the house that I buy and I do it and I just shake my head. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't have to hide things from your dad anymore like you were taught as a kid, like you don't have to adopt that behavior anymore. <laughs> so I think, you know, on these money dates, having this this curiosity about your partner and their money story and asking them a lot of questions with a follow up of, hmm, tell me more about that. Tell me why you feel that way. Hmm, that's interesting. I want to know more about that, right? That feels so much better than like, well, why did you do that? Or why don't you do this? Or why did you make that choice? Or I can't believe you did that. I think one of the best marriage tips I learned when whenever my husband is sharing something with me, I say, okay, do you want my input or do you just want me to listen? So I give him the chance to tell me what he needs and then I have to follow those wishes. So if he's like, oh, I just want you to listen, okay, then that's what I do. If he wants input, okay, I give input. And if he gets upset that I give input, I say, remember, you invited me into this conversation. Try that about any topic in your partnership, in your marriage. I guarantee it will change things. So these are just, I think, a couple of things to think about when you have a large age gap and you're trying to figure out how do we plan financially. I've also got a freebie, 10 mindful money questions to ask yourself, but download it. It's in the show notes. Download it and bring it to your next money date or don't you don't have to tackle all 10 questions at once, like take a couple questions at a time and start opening some of these conversations with your partner. And my favorite question to start with is, how do you feel about money? And I want you to follow that up with three whys. So let's say your partner says they're stressed. That's how they feel about money. Ask them, okay, why do you feel that way? Maybe they feel pressured to make more money or provide for the family. Then ask, okay, why is that important to you? Yes, I know. Maybe it's obvious, right? But remember this element of curiosity. We're asking these questions. Well, I don't know. I want to provide for my family. Okay, tell me more about that, right? So there's this deep level of wanting to understand what's behind the feeling 
around money so that you as a partner can be a better partner so that you can be a better friend to your partner and really try to navigate some of the things that make them stressed out and have them do the same sort of thing with you. So this was a great question, Kelsey. Thank you so much for uh, interviewing me for this article. I This is so much fun. I haven't thought about these kind of dynamics in couples in quite some time. Be sure to head to the show notes. I will link um, everything you need to know about my one-on-one feelings-focused money coaching sessions. I will also link in there everything that I talked about in this episode. And I want to give a big thanks to our sponsors who make this show possible. You can head the show notes for all those links. Without those sponsors, I would not be able to continue coming back week after week to, gosh, to just be with you. So I appreciate you heading over to them and giving them some love as well. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with five friends right now. Tell them like, hey, come on, subscribe to this podcast. There's some amazing things going on. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.